are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. Super Bowl champion, Rams. What up, people? We have so much to get into today. Webb and I are both geniuses. Preseason, pick the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Before the Super Bowl, pick the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Webb, are we the best football analysts analysts in the world? I think we are. I think I am. Let's look at our picks over this season. I think I destroy you, but we'll we'll move on. The Super Bowl is over. The Los Angeles Rams beat the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20 in a mostly boring game that kind of got good at the end. Webb, what were your main takeaways from this game? Because I had a few thoughts, and I'm going to let you go first before I kind of crush your dreams a little bit. I think I agree with you that it wasn't the most exhilarating, nail-biting game, but a lot of people, a lot more people watched the game this year than last year's Super Bowl, so I was happy to see that. Over 112 million, I believe, people watched it or streamed it and or streamed it. Um, but yeah, my takeaway is Aaron Donald, man. For a lot of casual fans who don't know AD, like, I think he just cemented his place as a Hall of Famer. He was, he was going to be one already, but just as like now a Super Bowl winner and him clinching, um, the win for the Rams, I thought that, that that was key. Um, and I honestly felt those, so there were times when I thought the Rams were going to lose because it was, what was the score? 17. 13? Yes. It was 17. It was 2013. Checking it right now. It was 20 to 16. It was 20 to 13. So it was 17, 13. Then it was 20 to 13. Right. Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. And I felt like, I don't know. I didn't feel like the Rams were going to blow it. Because it kind of reminded me of the San Francisco game when it was 17, 7. And the Rams never seemed totally out of it. It didn't look good. It wasn't, it wasn't a memorable performance throughout the entire game by the Rams. I don't think this is going to be one for the ages. Maybe certain parts, the last drive by the Rams, the opening drive and stuff like that. But defense was my main takeaway on the Rams. I think Aaron Donald is enshrined. I think Aaron Donald is one of the five best defensive players of all time. And Agreed. I could be talked into higher. Have to look at everything. I already had him as a top five guy, though. I find for defenders... The Super Bowl doesn't mean as much to me because you can't help having a bad offense. Like, it's not Brian Urlacher's fault he didn't win a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. Like, what was he supposed to do? And, and I agree with that. It can't hurt you, but it can help you. For sure. I agree with that 100%. But I don't hold it against them like you, like you do quarterbacks. Quarterback, you need it to be solidified with a defender. I'm like, ah, eh, it is what it is. Like, you can't really help yourself. For sure. So my main takeaway was I really wanted the Rams to lose this game because of how Sean McVay called the game. He ran the ball, I want to say, 23 times. Three of those were with Stafford. I don't really count those. So 20 times for 40 yards. It wasn't working. He kept going to it. Cam Akers averaged 1.6 yards a carry. Daryl Henderson, 1.8 yards. Sony Michelle, one yard. It kept failing, and he kept going to it. It enraged me he kept doing this on first down. And I honestly felt the Rams did not deserve to win the game. I would have preferred the Bengals to win it because I think they actually played their kind of football and the Rams really disappointed me with how they played. I mean, they got the victory at the end, so good for them. But I don't think they deserve to win the Super Bowl with how they played the whole game. I really don't. Yeah, this um, certainly wasn't a, certainly was not a dominant performance. Uh I can't. I I don't really have a have a comeback. Like the the, the running game wasn't looking great. I I wasn't upset with Sean McVay. I could see why they're trying to establish some sort of run after losing uh, the second option and Odell in the passing game. I think you I think you want to mix it up. I think you want to have that that luxury of of a good passing game and a good uh, running game rather than the team knowing that you're depending on Cooper Cup the entire time. So I can see why he did it. It wasn't working, but I see why he attempted it. I have no problem with the attempts. I have the problem with the consistent attempts after it's not working. The 15th time and the 16th time and the 17th time it wasn't working. It kept failing. They kept wasting downs. And the Rams, like we said before, are just a better team. They have better players. I thought they would win by 10. Odell Beckham, which we're going to get to in a little bit with his injury, got hurt. That hurt their offense for sure. Tyler Higby, 
it was announced like an hour before the game he wasn't going to play, which was kind of weird. So they they were down weapons. I understand that, but they didn't like they didn't adjust their offense at all. They had no backup plan. It was just let's run Cam Akers into the Cincinnati line. I just Cooper Cup on the final drive of that game was getting double teamed and he was beating it. He was beating it in the third quarter too. He was beating the second quarter. Keep throwing to him. It kept working. I just, Stafford was not great in this game. He was great in the last drive, which we'll get to. But I just felt like the Rams won because they had two better players, Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. Besides that, Cincinnati was the better team. Well, it certainly wasn't due to Jalen Ramsey. That's for sure. Awful. One, awful. Yeah, awful. He had one really good play where he, 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 he snatched the ball from T. Higgins. T. Higgins, I, I think it was T. Higgins was about to cross the plane. And he just yeah, it was, it was, that the throw was at the goal line. He if he had secured it, it was over touchdown. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. He got cooked three times, I think. To be fair, though, one of those times was a really bad face mask penalty on T. Higgins that the refs just didn't call, and ended up in a touchdown. But he got killed there. Jamar Chase had that catch where T. Higgins, sorry, Jelly Ramsey interfered him, and he caught it anyway. So they just didn't call it. And like three more times, he got cooked. On the last play of the game, when Aaron Donald sacked, he didn't get the sack officially, but it was a sack on Burrow. Everyone knows it. If you look on the on the film, Jamar Chase had beaten Jalen Ramsey, and Ramsey had fallen down. And if Burrow was able to throw the ball, Jamar Chase had a touchdown. It was over. And I, I didn't mention that to you earlier, because I wanted to see your face, and I told you that, to just really crush your dreams a little bit. Yeah, and... and- well, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that because all they've been talking about is the no-look pass from Stafford to, to Coop. Not our Coop, but Cooper Cup. The better Cup. Angles. The, the better Coop, objectively. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the different angles. Which is pretty, it was a pretty impressive throw. Um, but yeah, they should probably also show what could have happened um, for, the, for, the, for the Bengals, at least. Let's talk about that throw really quick. Because at the time of the throw, I thought it was excellent. And people kept saying the no-look part. And the other the other angle of the video wasn't released. So I didn't know how no-look it was. On the second angle, it is better than any past Patrick Mahomes has ever thrown no-look. To have the balls to do that in the fourth quarter with the Super Bowl on the line was amazing and one of the best throws I've ever seen in my life. It was incredible. He was looking on like a 45 degree angle and Cup was at a 90 degree. He hadn't even cut the route yet. He threw a perfect pass to him. He got the safety to bite in like a foot. The ball went like four inches above the guy's hand. It was amazing. And that's why the Rams traded for Matthew Stafford and not Jared Goff for that one throw because it was it was incredible. Yeah, the first day or sorry, Sunday night, they were showing the angle from behind Stafford, and it looked pretty impressive. But you couldn't really see where Stafford's eyes were. Eyes were. You could see his head tilted uh, on another angle. Yeah, it didn't look impressive that much. Like, it looked good, yeah. but you couldn't see how much his head was turned originally. Yeah. And then they showed the other angle, which would have been behind the Bengals' defense, and man, crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, that throw is yeah. worth two first round picks. Legitimately, that that one throw is worth two first round picks. I'm not even lying. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know Stafford, he didn't. He, he started off the year very well, kind of sputtered in the end, but doesn't matter. Uh, you know, made a good pass when <clears throat> when the game was on the line. I think I agree with you in terms of like what was at stake. Oh yeah, like that raises it another level. Incredible. Okay, the person that caught that ball, Cooper Cup was voted Super Bowl MVP. He had eight catches for 92 yards and two touchdowns. When the game was over, I texted Webb immediately. And I said, who's MVP, Cup or Donald? Only two choices. And Webb was like, I just said that. That's all that. That's the only choice you could make. Aaron Donald had two sacks, kind of three sacks because they're not counting the last one. Two tackles for loss, four tackles. Who did you have as the Super Bowl MVP? Because I literally think Either one of those choices, I would have been fine with. But I am leaning a certain way. Exactly what you said. I, one of my friends said, who, do you, who would you have? Um, and I said, doesn't matter to me. Coop or AD, it doesn't matter. Um, so they gave it to Coop, obviously, as everyone knows. The two touchdowns, the game winner. 
AD had what two sacks, right? Two sacks, but that final play was a sack, so it's really three yeah. sacks. For being honest, oh, and it ended the game. It ended yeah. the game, but he couldn't have ended the game if Cup didn't score the touchdown. So yeah, it's it, it's hard for me to say. Like I wasn't mad that Cooper Cup got it. Um, Cooper Cup seemed. He said that he was surprised and he wasn't deserving of it. He said that uh, right there. Uh, I think I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm honestly okay either way. If Aaron Donald had won it, I think it would have been a probably a better story for Aaron Donald's entire career. Uh, Cooper Cup had a you know this capped off his amazing season where he got an MVP vote. So I'm okay either way. Honestly, doesn't matter. So- so I'm going to tell you exactly why Cooper Cup won the award, and it wasn't Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald did not have a chance to win this award, and I found that out this morning. They vote on MVP when there's two minutes left in the game. The votes have to be in. Aaron Donald didn't make that play until there was like 40 seconds left. So the votes were already in before that happened. So it wasn't really fair to him because that would have changed everything, and he probably would have won it. What were, what, what were, uh, what were the stats for Cooper Cup? Before he scored that touchdown. So he would have had seven catches for like 84 yards with a touchdown. But I think he scored the touchdown right before two minutes. So I think his touchdown was in. No, he he scored with a minute 25. Okay. Oh, sorry. It was during that drive then that he kept catching the balls. I think he had six yeah. catches. In that. So I think he won it because of that drive. Because it was happening as it was going. But... I don't understand why they couldn't wait till the game was over and have everyone vote then. Technology allows you to do this now. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. There's so much uh, uh, there's so much lag time. There's so much time in between uh, the end of the game and when you have to announce the winner. I don't know why they do it either. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why I thought Cooper Cup was the MVP. But, again, if Aaron Dalla won, I wouldn't have been mad. Because... Joe Burrow was sacked seven times. The Rams' defensive line was getting after him. Uh, Von Miller had two sacks, I believe. The rookie from South Carolina State, Ernest Jones, had a sack. When Odell got hurt, the Rams had no offense. It was just Cooper Cup, and he still got it done and scored two touchdowns. That's why I would go with him. I think the degree of difficulty was harder. But that's just me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly cool either way. Um, yeah, like I mean, I think for the casual fans, for a lot of people who watch the Super Bowl. They probably would would have named Cooper Cup. You saw him scoring. He's, his plays are more exciting. And um, you know, also really at, really quick, Aaron Donald lined up offside on that last play of the game. Angle okay, showed that this morning. Stop it! Stop it! He did. He did. Check it. the tape. Offside. Bengals got robbed. Well, it serves them right for that stupid uh, uh, offensive pass interference uh, no call. Cancels it out, honestly. And 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 and. Chris Collinsworth was sort of debating whether uh, Cooper Cup was really held in the red zone. Remember how the Rams got it right on the goal line there? It was very and, debatable. It was very <laughs> debatable. And Al Michaels asked him, well, what do you think of that play? And Chris Collinsworth said, that's the play they called. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they called. It was it was really chicky check, especially since they weren't calling flags all day. There was like no penalties. Besides, I think it was Vernon Hargraves who ran in the end zone wearing a sweater for some reason, like a moron. It is. I yeah. think if, if, if that T. Higgins offensive uh, pass interference is called, I don't think they called the hold in favor of the Rams. I think that was vindication for the Rams. That is possible. I still don't like the call. Two wrongs don't make a right. It was really ticky-tacky. It was really t- like. It it could arguably be been holding, but there that happens on every single play of the game. That always happens. So you have, you have your hands yeah. on the guy's hips or his waist. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't, but good for the Rams. You know, you got the, you got the call. It is what it is. You know, <laughs> I won't so remember casual. that. I won't remember that like the tuck rule or the other Patriots cheating stuff. Like I won't remember this as a stolen Super Bowl by any means. It is what it is. Those happen. Those calls happen all the time. Yeah, and you better not. This isn't the Asterix Lakers bubble title. This is a real one. They earned this. Oh, whatever. Four games it took for the Lakers to win that. Okay, let's move on to some fallout from the game. Odell Beckham tore his ACL, the same ACL, second time. 
in 16 months, so he's had two ACL injuries. He's a free agent after this season. In the playoffs, and he became a touchdown machine for these Rams. He's 29. I think he thought he was going to get a $100 million contract. That is clearly gone because he won't be back till November next season, probably. What does this mean for Odell going forward? Does he just get a one-year contract next year? Is there a possibility for more because the Rams feel obligated? What do you think happens to Odell going forward? Uh, he's too big of a name to only get a one-year deal. I think for him to get a one-year deal, it'd have to be a lot of doubt uh, rumored about his his uh, his prospects going forward. Um, but if the reports are coming in that is, you know, he looks great, he can cut, he's quick. I think he can get a longer deal. I don't know if he's going to get a deal in the offseason. Um, he also was looking really good, you know, scored in the first round, scored in that first uh, first Rams touchdown. So, and he's he's a big name. I think he's very overrated, and I've said it on the show. He's the most overrated receiver probably ever. I think you've said that too. But um, I, he's still relatively young, um, so I think he can get more than a one year deal if uh, depending on how he looks. I think at most he will get a one-year deal. It's because when teams have money, it's like March and April. They don't have money in July when he'll be recovering from this deal. In two months, they will have no idea how he looks. Free agency opens in a month and a day, I think. That's the first day, March 16th, I believe. So the Rams aren't going to have $30 million in September to sign him. I think he signs with the Rams one year, $7 million. As a thank you for this season, and we'll talk about it after next season. That is my prediction for what happens. I think it sucks for him because he was looking good, but that's football. That's what happens. Players have no guaranteed money after like the first two years. The players are notoriously screwed, and Odell Beckham is the last like point of this bullet. It always happens. That's why I have no problem when players sit out and demand money, because this kind of stuff happens and their careers will be ruined forever. Yeah, I mean... I have no problem with the Rams giving him a short deal, very short, because um, like I said, I think he's very overrated and he gets hurt quite a bit and he drops a lot of balls. Um, so, you know, forget that we have Robert Woods, uh, who's also coming off an ACL injury. So by the time it's training camp, I would I would expect Robert Woods to be ready, if not re- near ready, if not ready, um, to come back. Dan Jefferson looked decent. So I don't think the Rams actually need Odell. Um, I think having Odell was great, but then when Woods went down, yeah, we needed another receiver. So yeah, do do him a solid. He he helped, uh, but don't give him anything long term, please. Okay, the guy throwing the ball to Odell, who might have torn his ACL by accident, Matthew Stafford. ESPN's going crazy today. Dan Orlovsky's talking about is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? After one Super Bowl victory and 12 very mediocre years in Detroit. Webb and I have been talking about Matthew Stafford as a quarterback. I want to say for like eight years, nine years. I always said he's like the number 12 quarterback in the league. Top 10, perhaps. Webb, you would say top 16, I think, was where you had him. Is that correct? Yeah, probably. I definitely didn't have him where you had him. I, I did not have him as a top five guy or anything like that. And I think this Hall of Fame talk is legitimately insane. He has made one Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is so watered down that Mac Jones made it this year. And Stafford has made one. He's never been All-Pro. I don't think he's ever received an MVP vote in his life. He's never been one of the three best quarterbacks in the league. He's never been one of the seven best quarterbacks probably in the league. Saying he deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame is legitimately insane. And Dan Orlovsky needs to be taken off TV until he understands this. Yeah, so I think the Stafford going to the Hall of Fame uh, discussion debate, I think it's not only premature, but it's also ridiculous because I was never the big biggest Stafford guy, especially not in Detroit. I was happy to have him over Jared Goff, and I like his, um, his arm strength. And I think he was a huge upgrade over Goff, so I, as soon as we traded for him, I said, Rams are winning the Super Bowl. Um, because we have a quarterback that can actually pass. He's had like three good years, I would say. And I agree with you. I don't think he was ever a top seven quarterback. What he was to me was a guy who thrived in garbage time. Uh, 2011, he had 41 passing touchdowns, 16 interceptions. <laughs> Inside joke with Kupanak. Uh, 
2015, 32 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. And 2017, 29 touchdowns and uh, 10 picks. So those are just basic, basic stats. Like, I think a lot of that came in garbage time. Uh, never won a playoff game before this season. Uh, and made some really bad decisions that won't be captured in the box score. So, you know, if you listen to a lot of Lions fans, I think they'll say, you know, Stafford had a bad team around him and, and he was battered for years and years. And he was one of the toughest guys out there. And there'd be all these things to say about him. And I I, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer at all in this point in his career. Um, he, he also but, had Calvin Johnson, by the way, right. who is arguably the best physical specimen we've ever seen in the NFL at wide receiver. Exactly. So some of those stats are inflated as well. Like Exactly. That's a good point. You, usually I'm prisoner of the moment coop. It's my go-to move. Just saying, yeah, best play ever. Best. This is insane. Even I'm like, calm, calm down, guys. Matthew Stafford yeah. here. I've seen him play football for 15 years almost. This is crazy. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going to say Stafford Hall of Famer. I honestly thought I had to blink twice when I saw Orlovsky's tweet. Uh, <laughs> thought it was you. But like, so. Me. Well, <laughs> before the Before we started recording, I was saying to Coop, I don't think that Stafford is a Hall of Famer, but I think maybe some people are making the Eli Manning comparison where Eli wasn't ever the top a top five or top seven guy. Eli made bad decisions. Eli threw a lot of picks. Uh and then Eli was never really in the conversation until he beat Brady twice uh, and was the underdog twice. So to me I I mean yeah, I'm gonna say I, why that's insane. The the comparisons are so different. Okay. Joe Burrow isn't Tom Brady. The Bengals last season won four games. In the last two years they won six games. The Patriots were 18-0 going for perfection. And Eli Dagger snuck a... Eli Dagger Manning snuck a dagger through Tom Brady, that cheating son of a gun's heart. Destroyed his legacy. Tom Brady said he would trade, I think, any of his Super Bowl rings to get that one with the perfect season because that one would never be forgotten. And Eli stole that from his dead hands. And every NFL fan was happy that day. And then he did it again. It wasn't for Eli Manning and Peyton Manning. Brady might have 13 Super Bowls. That's how good the Manning brothers are. They stopped the alleged goat because he looks like a goat. And he is... Eli Manning deserves the Hall of Fame. You cannot tell the story of the NFL without mentioning Eli Manning's name. You can tell any story of the NFL without mentioning Matthew Stafford. You can tell the story of this Super Bowl without mentioning Matthew Stafford's name. You legitimately could. Not Eli. Never Eli. Also, real quick, I would trade every single draft pick today to draft Eli and Peyton's nephew, Arch Manning, in 2026. I would cut off one of my arms for that to happen for the Colts in 2026. Legitimately, I would. A lot to take in there, Coop. A lot to digest. Um, I ranted a little bit. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So... I think you can tell the story of the NFL without Eli Manning. And the only reason why I say that is because I think you can add in Michael Strahan. You can add in um, David Tyree. You don't necessarily have to use Eli Manning to tell the story. But whatever. That's a debate for another day, I guess. Did a genie um, throw Tyree the ball or escape that pa- No, a genie wasn't involved. It was Eli Manning escaping the pocket with 15 Patriots because they had too many men in the field probably. I'm not confirming that, but it's possible. They're cheaters. Escapes yeah. the pocket. Guys all around him. Throws a Hail Mary, basically. David Tyree on his helmet. Eli Manning threw a perfect ball that a helmet could catch it. That's how good he is at football. And, Amazing. And the, funny, and the funny thing is, Eli can throw the ball, but he throws a lot of picks. Um, yes. I think that was more of an impressive catch than, a, than an impressive pass. Eli scrambling and getting away from the defenders, very impressive. Actual pass, I give more credit to Tyree. Because uh, would you ever mention David Tyree other than that? He never caught another pass in the NFL after that pass. That was the last one. There you go. Eli Manning played for like 10 more years. Because of one throw. Years. One throw, 10 years. This guy made <laughs> one catch out of the league. That's how good Eli Manning was. Yeah, yeah. he's also the catch from Manningham. Great catch. Uh, Great throw too. We should have another. We should have a, just a show on Eli Manning and whether sure. he should be in the Hall of Fame. 
I am in the camp that he should not be. I, I want to fight you right now so bad. <laughs> Let's move on this topic because this will be the whole podcast. We're going to get a ridiculous argument here. Let's talk about some good news. Some LA Rams are talking about retirement. That's going to hurt Webb's feelings. So three people mentioned before the game they may retire. And I'm going to bring them up in order I think of likeliness. Andrew Whitworth, the 40-year-old left tackle. He won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award before the Super Bowl, which is the most prestigious award in the NFL, allegedly. What do you think are his chances of retirement? Because I think they're like 100%. Why, why do you say that about the Man of the Year Award? Because everyone says it, but does anyone actually care? Who won two years ago Walter Payton Man of the Year? Who won it two years ago? Don't look okay, it up. So, no, I'm not going to look it up. Russ won last year. That's why I mentioned not last year, the one before that. Who won it? Was it, was it Peanut Tillman? I honestly don't remember. It probably who wasn't because... Was who was the MVP two years ago? Uh, shoot. No, no, no. Don't tell me. Hold on, hold on. It wasn't Rogers, was it? It was Brady. Or was it Brady? Okay. I think maybe not, actually. Oh, no, no. No, no, no. It, it, it wouldn't have been Rogers because Rogers won it last year, no? He won the he last won two. Back back. Yeah. All I'm saying yeah. is I don't remember yeah. who wins multiple Man of the Year awards. I think Eli won one. Russ, I don't know who wins them. I know who wins the MVP. Yeah, yeah. They say it's the most prestigious award because they point to it when an NFL player does bad stuff. They're like, hey, no, we, we got these guys too. That's why they use it as a prestigious <laughs> award. It's a, it's a farce, if I'm being honest. Good for these guys, but nobody knows who you are. Continue with Whitworth. Is he going to retire? Yeah, he's gone. Because I think there was talk of he, him going years ago. And he's legit 40. So I think... Yeah, I agree. I think I think they interviewed him before and they said, you know, what would it, what would it mean to... Like, would this help your retirement? By winning the Super Bowl, and I think he pretty much said, "Yeah, for sure, I'd be the perfect way to retire." I'm pretty sure he said that. He did. He said also, uh, "I'm the you're the oldest pl- active player in the league because Brady had retired." He said, "Yeah, for another week." He oh, kind of gave hints that he was over. Also, it was Lamar Jackson that won two years ago, and I totally forgot that season. Oh really? Yeah, and he was unanimous. Wow. <laughs> so I really that- should have remembered that. Yeah. Hope that's not the only time we see Lamar at uh, Super Bowl weekend. <laughs> You're a jerk. Okay. <laughs> and next, most likely, Sean McVay. He's a 36-year-old coach who's about to get married. He has been in the Super Bowl twice. I think he got hired at 30 years old. So he's been having he's had a full-time job for six years. He wants to retire and go into the booth. I think Tony Romo made the same amount of money this year as Bill Belichick. So I understand McVeigh's idea of wanting to do this. It's definitely a better life. But I've also heard Sean McVeigh talk, and he has a real weird voice. And I do not think he will do good in the booth. People won't want to listen to him. What are the chances he leaves, you think? First of all, in defense of McVeigh, Tony Romo doesn't exactly have the most amazing voice either. Um, he's right there under Matt Hasselbeck. But um, <laughs> 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 uh, I'd put it at... 25% that he retires. And I'm being generous just because I I think even if Sean McVay were to retire, he's not staying retired. So 75, you know what? 20%. 20% he actually retires. 80% he comes back. Just won a Super Bowl. You're 36 years old. You're not going to you're not calling it quits. He was asked, I think, today if he'll be the coach for the Rams next year and he'll said, he said, we'll see. I assume he just wants a new contract. I, I don't understand otherwise him thinking he could just walk into the booth. There's not a spot for him, first off. Unless he goes to Amazon to get the NFL rights. He's Ooh. not John Madden. He doesn't have that, like, every man persona that everyone loved about John Madden. He's kind of like John Gruden, the young, like, superstar coach. And that didn't turn out great for some people. <laughs> so. Well, well, there might be a spot for him because Al Michaels is retiring, isn't he? I think his contract is that I, is he actually retiring or does he have to renegotiate? I just, I know he's old and I heard them say that this might be his last time with Chris Collins. So you could be right. I just thought he was retiring, but maybe his contract's up as well. It's possible he's retiring. I haven't heard that, but it's possible for sure. I don't honestly pay attention to announcers that often. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. I just, I don't see it with Sean McVay yet. I don't think he's earned this genius label. Like, he's not relatable. I just, he has photographic memory. He's very impressive that way. I just, I don't think networks are going to race to give this guy money yet. I don't think it's going to happen. He has to win some more. I think he has. I I don't think he leaves 
two percent chance he retires. Two percent. And if he does, he's gonna be like John Gruden, mentioning open coaching jobs to renegotiate his contract every year on ESPN. Okay. And the most likely name to retire, Aaron Donald. He said before the, uh, I think it was a former Patriot. I want to say said, if Donald wins this game, he's likely to retire after yeah, the game. Seymour. Mitchell Seymour, sorry, yeah. After the game, he said, I'm just living this moment right now. He wouldn't comment on it. He's done everything in football. He's won three Defensive Player of the Year awards, Super Bowl champion, made a lot of money. What do you think? Do you think he retires? Because I think there's a possi- it's possible he retires. I think. I think it's more likely he retires than Sean McVay does, but I don't think he retires. He's only 30. Um, he probably wants more money as well. I think he plays at least three more years. Like so, I, I I agree with you kind of. He's only thirty. He's made a lot of money, but if you've won the Super Bowl and you're relatively healthy with the head injuries, nothing else to prove. Isn't it possible you want to get out while you're still pretty good? You got three young kids. I could see him leaving because he's done everything. He's already talked about with Lawrence Taylor as the best defender ever. If he wins two more Super Bowls, is he going to be talked about as better than Lawrence Taylor? I think they're always going to be one, two in the conversation. I don't know if he can raise it above Lawrence Taylor. If he leaves, I understand it. I think he comes back, but I will... I'd say that's 50-50. It could go either way right now, I think. Okay, question for you. If he retires, does he still retire? Yes. This isn't, I don't think Aaron Donald's one of these wishy-washy guys. I think he makes a decision and stands by it. You don't hear a lot from him in the offseason. He kind of just stays with his own. He seems like a really grounded individual. He's not doing this for headlines, I don't think. This is a, he, he's seriously considering this. Is my, is my guess. All right. I, I think he comes back. I think Calvin Johnson's the only guy that I can remember in our lifetime to retire on top and young. There's one more. I don't want to talk about it, though. You couldn't be talking about Andrew Luck. I said on top. Who are you talking about, Coop? I hate you so much, man. <laughs> You're a bad person. Just... I hope Aaron Donald retires now, okay? I hope Sean McVay retires. And I hope your coach next year is Josh McDaniels. That's what I hope for you. I don't even, If Sean McVay retires, I don't even know who who our coach would be. Because O'Connell's done. Leftwich, probably? Coop, you've been saying Leftwich left all, all, all season. I don't believe you anymore. I told you that. I really, I really like Brian Byron Leftwich. I really like this guy. I want him to get a job. For all, for all, for all the listeners, Coop told me about a month ago that Byron Leftwich, no, probably longer than that, Byron Leftwich was the number one candidate to get the Jacksonville Jaguars job. We all know and that he did not get the job. It came out that he wanted to fire the general manager. That's the only way he would agree to come. And Shad Khan, for some reason, was like, no, this guy Balky, he needs to stay. Say you're Doug Peterson instead. <laughs> Morons. <laughs> let's end the Super Bowl talk. Let's talk about a team that won the Super Bowl last year. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They signed Tom Brady after that season to a two-year contract. And just like Brady, he abandoned them when they needed him most for next season. He retired. And apparently the Bucks are looking really hard at trading for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. Even though the Seahawks have not said he was available for trade, this is being reported by the NFL Network, and they are never wrong about anything. So, Webb, what do you think the chances are that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trade for a quarterback this season? I enjoy the NFL Network. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I love the, the Brady slander. It's so needed. Uh, We're the only show doing it. <laughs> i yeah, got to keep yeah, it up. Yeah. And him again, he had to chime in. On game day, he tweeted something like he made some snide remark about like you know not being in the Super Bowl and how he didn't really want to watch the game or something like that. That's why the ratings were up because no one wanted to see his stupid face on on camera anymore. Yeah, the new breed, new guys. Tom Brady's done. It's washed up. No one likes him anymore. His wife's gonna leave him soon. <laughs> um, I, I I'm trying to remember the question now. Right, uh, the Bucks. There was there was another name linked. <laughs> There's another name linked to the Bucks as well on NFL Network, and that was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, honestly, I don't think Russ comes back next year to the Seahawks. Why? If Aaron Donald has no reason to play for the Rams anymore, why does what, what reason does Russ have to play with Pete Carroll and the Seahawks for? That I, I, I'm still sticking to my guns. I don't think those two are bad. One of those guys are not there. Um, 
it's kind of late to fire a coach now. So Pete Carroll's probably back. But I think Russ is gone, man. Anyway, um, realistically, who I could see there, I can't see them taking Deshaun. It's too much. So it's, it's a lot of headline. It's a lot of negative press. A lot that still has to be determined, potentially, uh, legally. Um, Aaron Rodgers, is he going to want to follow in Brady's footsteps like the year after Brady? I don't think so. I could see Russ. I don't see an issue with them. Do you think it's going to be a problem in Tampa Bay for Deshaun Watson? I think it'll be fine there. As a player, absolutely not. Uh, but the, the, the headlines with Antonio Brown, I mean, different player, different kind of headache. I don't think Deshaun's bringing problems to the locker room, you know, with, with things that he says or his actions in the locker room. But way worse publicity, man. Um, so I think I think Deshaun's out. Just just with the with the baggage that comes with him, I think I think he's out. So it's Russ or Aaron Rodgers for you. Russ has a no trade clause, so he'd have to agree to go to Tampa. Which I think he would in a heartbeat. I don't think Aaron Rodgers would agree to go to Tampa. I think he would not go there because he wouldn't want to follow in Brady's footsteps. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. So you think Russ to Tampa is basically a done deal? No, no. I think I think Russ to Tampa is more likely than Russ returning to Seattle. Well, that's interesting. Okay, that's good. That's good to know. I still think that he down. doesn't go back. I, I do not see him in Seattle next year. What's the point? Especially coming back to play for Pete Carroll. It doesn't make sense. You said a year ago you wanted out. No, he <laughs> didn't. His agent just released t- team names a list of places right. he would go, maybe. Yeah, okay. Let's go with that spin. That's um, so terrible. Such a terrible yeah. spin. Terrible. Uh, yeah, I, I think Russ is gone. I Tampa was not even on my mind because I didn't think Brady would retire. But now it's... Wide open. Yeah, Tampa is not going to go into next season with Blaine Gabbard as the quarterback. They think they have a Super Bowl roster. They, they, drafted, another... they drafted the guy in the second round last year. I do not remember his name, but I think he was the quarterback in Florida last season. So he was a rookie yeah, this year. I know For his some... name if I see it. I've already begun doing this year's draft stuff, so I haven't looked at last year's draft again recently, but he was the quarterback at Florida last season. They took him. I'm looking right now. I know this guy's name. It was pick 62 or 64. Kyle Trask. That's the one. Yeah. I don't, think I don't think they're going in with him next year. They're going to get a guy because Bruce Arian wants to win titles. That's why he came back. So it must make some sense. It was pick 64, and it's unhealthy that you remember that. Um, <laughs> it really is unhealthy. And, I'm impressed and concerned at the same time. Um, I, saw, I saw this video online. Of this guy bragging about like naming people from the last five draft classes and knowing who they were, yeah. and I knew every single one of them, and I was like, "I this is not good. <laughs> this isn't this is bad." Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I am now. That's what I do. <laughs> okay, Webb, I want to talk some James Harden, Ben Simmons. But before the Super Bowl, there was a story that caught my eye a little bit that I want to bring up to you. Chris Mortensen, Mort the Goat, said. The Colts are go- are going to cut or trade Carson Wentz before March 16th. If they cut him, they owe him $15 million in dead cap money. If they trade him, they would save $13 million. If they cut him after the season, there would be no cap hit to cut him. Last season, the Colts traded a third-round pick in last year's draft and a first-round pick in this year's draft that hasn't even happened yet. Carson Wentz is so trash at football, they're going to throw a first-round pick in the garbage rather than have him play this season. Do you think the reports are right and my prayers have been answered? Is Carson Wentz on the Colts next season? All signs point to no. This, I think, was the nail in the coffin. Chris Ballard, at the end of the season, couldn't even give his quarterback um, a, a vote of confidence. Immediately. Um, I think he's gone. This is not how I expected Carson Wentz <laughs> to end on the Colts. I told you that he was going to be he's going to be good. And, um, yeah, you did. You did say that, didn't you, Webb? You said that. I said that. And, uh, it was all Jonathan Taylor. You guys would have won four games. Yeah. Maybe five. I was very consistent from the beginning that Carson Wentz is terrible at football and I wanted no part of him. And then he proved me right and right and right that he was bad at football. Uh, I saw an ESPN today, or sorry, yesterday. When they were talking about Joe Burrow, his play at the end, when he got sacked and he kind of threw the ball, and someone called it a Carson Wentz. And I was like, yeah, he's a goddamn punchline now. Like, I knew he was. (laughs) Just 
The idea of falling down and throwing the ball to somebody is a Carson Wentz because yeah. he does it so often and he's so terrible at it. <laughs> Do you remember during the Arizona Rams playoff game when Kyler was in the end zone and he threw the pick six to a guy on like the three yard line? And you and Ramsey. I and you and I texted immediately that it was a Carson Wentz yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. a punchline now. Uh, I can't wait till he's gone. I'll drive to Indianapolis to move him and his family out of town immediately if it'll help. I'll pay moving costs. I don't even care. I'm in. Get him out of there. He's the worst. <laughs> and I can't wait till it's ha- I can't wait till it's over. I would pay two first round picks to get him out of there. We could have had Stafford. Yeah, I would give two more to get him out of there. I really would. We could have had Stafford for two first round picks, and that was too much. But a first round pick and a third for Carson Wentz. Chris Frank Wright need- might need to be fired for this. And Chris Ballard agreed to it. He might need to go too. And I love Chris Ballard. That's how big of a da- disaster Carson Wentz is. And I'm furious they did it to him last season. It's the worst. Yeah. I'm, uh, you're right. Carson Wentz has become a punchline. I didn't know that. Uh, what what show was it that that happened on? I believe it was Mike Wilbon at PTI. I'm pretty sure okay. it was PTI. Yeah, that's he's he's, a, he, he's he's become Mark Sanchez now. Yeah, he's a punchline. He's a joke. Yeah. It's over. It's just, it's, it was such a bad decision. Like, I, I was never a big Phil Rivers guy, but we gave up nothing to acquire him. So I was like, Ed eh, is what it is. It's, it's a stopgap. It is what it is. This was serious draft capital. The Eagles made the playoffs this year and the Colts didn't. We lost to Jacksonville. <laughs> and, a, and a big part of this was the quarterback has to be the leader. He refused to get vaccinated. It is what it is. Not, not talking about vaccine, good or bad. This is... He refused to do it. He was a vocal leader against it. So when he got it and he came back, he wasn't all the way healthy. He made a choice that affected the whole team. And it was a really bad choice because it hurt the Colts' playoff chances. And by hurt, I mean ended them. Good riddance, Carson Wentz. I hope Chris Mortensen's right. If he's not, he's going to be added to my list besides Skip Bayless of people I hate forever. Mort is, is too good for you to hate. He really is the best. I love Chris Mortensen. He's great. Okay, Webb. Let's end with some James Harden and Ben Simmons talk. Your favorite topic in the world. They both had their introductory press conferences. I know you were big fans of both of them. James Harden came out and said, I'm healthy. I'm excited. I can't wait for the opportunity. He also said he always wanted to go to Philly. It was his first choice. Harden will return after the All-Star break. Ben Simmons said, my mental health issues are coming along. But he has no set date for a return. Uh, Ramona Shelburne reported that James Harden made the choice to go to Brooklyn over Philly. I'm not saying that James Harden is lying now, but he's probably lying now. What do you? What did you take away from these two press conferences, Bob? I know you had a lot of thoughts about them. Yeah. So what I gathered from these two idiots talking uh, today was <laughs> was that um, well, I think Ramona Shelburne is very plugged in. Uh, and I think she's definitely right because we heard when he was in Houston that uh, that they were trying to work on a trade to go to, to to Philly or he was eyeing Philly or something. Philly was coming up when he was in Houston uh, and, and coming into camp overweight and sabotaging the team and, and trying to force his way out of there. I'll say it again. I hate this so much. Um, and Ben Simmons... Benson has listed like six teams he wanted to go to. I just, I, I, I hate this. I, and the reason why I hate this is because Ben Simmons, and this is why I think it's not going to work. Ben Simmons refused to shoot. He refused to shoot in Philly, um, when it mattered most. He refused to take any sort of accountability, any sort of responsibility, any ownership at all, um, for that. And what happened? Said he wanted out. What happened after that? He got rewarded by going to a good team. Trade these guys to trash teams. Stop rewarding these guys. I hate it. I want, you know, we're, we're supposed to be neutral, so I can't really say what I want to happen to these teams, but I think it's ridiculous, and I hate this trend, and I hope they stop it. Like, Ben Simmons should not have been allowed to do what he did, neither should James Harden, and get rewarded by going to a, a, a good team and compete for a championship. I heard an idea, by the way, that I think is a really interesting idea. Because you and I both hate it. Uh, I kind of hope both these teams fall down the drain now, although I really like Embiid, so I kind of want Philly to do well, but what if after you sign your max contract for five years, if you ask out for a year into it, you lose 80% of the money. Four, three years left, 
three years left, 20, like 40. If The longer you stay, the more money you get. You ask out, you lose a bunch of money. So you really have to be committed to wanting out. This is going to hurt your pocketbooks. I don't think the players would agree to it, but I really like that idea because you got to hold these guys accountable. On the flip side, teams should have to get a, a trade kicker to trade somebody out four years in, three years in. 15%, 20% kicker on every salary you take. So you're getting 50 million, they trade you. My math's not good. I guess you get twenty million, $10 million extra. Why would you choose that number to make an example out of? Bro, I'm not, I'm not always great ideas, okay? I've got some, <laughs> got some losers here too. You're on a roll and you chose fifteen percent and then fifty. I said twenty Jesus. after. I said twenty. I was this much said ten. Yeah, it was I, I I just think the players need to be held accountable, but it has to be fair. So the owners who want out of a contract a year in need to be held accountable as well. Players move their families there, they buy houses. Something has to be done to stop this player movement because I think it's getting ridiculous. But do you like that idea? For players losing money at the ask for a trade? Yeah, I think there should there should be some penalty, either to the team for doing it and or to the player for requesting it. Because you can't just get off scot-free. Like, I'm a Laker fan. I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because my team benefited from someone doing this. Anthony Davis, when he but he didn't quit on the team. He just made it he made it public that he wanted to to leave he came in with the looney tunes shirt that said that's all folks so you know he still kind of forced his way out because he told him told the front he, office that he forced that, his way out he's no yeah. better than these guys but he it was actually it he was is just, better he played he played basketball he played. yeah he didn't he didn't try to sabotage the team he didn't come in over i mean it was late in the season but he didn't you know he still said he was willing to play he said i'm just not going to resign here same thing with Paul George. Um, so Paul George in Indiana did it, but uh, there has to be something. I don't, I don't know what the balance is. I'm not saying I want players to lose money, but the guaranteed contract gives them that safety net that they can do whatever they want. The thing is, if they're a good player, they have to be moved. Then, and you take away, you lose the guarantee. The new team will just guarantee the same contract because yeah. they're the ones benefiting. There has to be something that makes them lose money, the players. Yeah. Otherwise, they have no reason to not do this because the contracts are guaranteed. Like, James Harden is not losing any money for what he did to destroy two teams in 16 months. It's disgusting. That is true. That is true. And, and he did. He still got his wish and didn't even have to commit to playing in Philly next year. Like, I think the reports initially were that he opted in, but then it came out afterwards. Uh, actually, Jake Fisher, who was on a, a pod last year, uh, confirmed that he did not, or he was one of the people that confirmed that he, James Harden did not actually opt in. So, I, I saw a report about that after that, actually. That, so Bleacher Report had it that he did opt in, and they filed the paperwork late. So it didn't go through, so it was a technicality. Mm. So I'm not sure which part's true. It could yeah. be that they messed up, but he did not officially opt in via the NBA rules. So, yeah. Kind of like, uh, oh, I can't remember that, who it was. On that Denver. trade, yeah. That sign, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and, and the NFL, didn't that they, they faxed the, the paper. The fax DeMarcus the, Ware? Was it DeMarcus Ware? Was it? But he's a pretty big name. Maybe it was Elvis Dumerville, I think. That, yeah, that's, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's who it was. So I was, I was, I was like, DeMarcus Ware was a big name for that not to happen to. Um, yeah, it was, it was, you're right. I was thinking pass rusher. I knew it was, yeah, yeah. you're right. It was Dumerville, yeah. I just... Uh, yeah, it we has to something. We have to fix. We have to fix the situation because I, I honestly hate it. I, it makes me crazy that Zion, a year in, his people were already leaking that he won't resign. He wants to be moved. This stuff is you just signed a five year contract. Like, AD was like eighteen months into his contract that he just signed a supermax. He was like, I want out already. Yeah, I hate this. It's not good for basketball growing. Like no. New Orleans might lose their team because people are so disinterested because no one wants to play there. It's terrible. I just really don't like it. And and I, I agree with you. And and next up is Bradley Beal. When ba- <laughs> when Bradley Beal signs that contract, DC, yeah, for sure. like Wiz, count down the days for when he's going to ask for a trade because he's definitely going to want out within the next year. Yeah, it's just it's so annoying that like children get attached to superstars and teams, like. My uncle got me a Michael Jordan, like, well, Chicago Bulls leather jacket. I was like five. 
I still have it in my closet because I just remember that, loving that so much. Yeah. Kids today aren't attached to teams. They're attached to players. Yeah. LeBron leaving everywhere. The team, they just followed him. There's no loyalty. Why would you ever be an Indiana Pacers fan right now? If your superstars are going to leave, why would you do it to yourself? It makes no sense. And I hate yeah. that for basketball. It's so stupid. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it at all, man. I like, I like the the stories. Like that's why you have to give respect to Dirk and obviously Kobe, Reggie Miller, like those guys who who played with one team their entire career, man. Like, so I mean, it's better that way for sure. But I have no problem if you're free agent, you want to leave, go live your best life. If you're able to do that, no problem. Fine. I like it better when you stay. It's when you opt, when you ask out early after a contract. That's my issue. If so you fulfill your contract and you want to go, I am fine with that 100%. So, so question for you. If, uh, if you're in the last year of your deal and you're in your 30s and you ask a team to trade you to a contender, do you have any sympathy for that? You have a few months left on your deal. No. I, if it's your last month of your deal and you just tell this team, hey, I am not going to resign here. I am going to a contender. Yes. You're doing the team a favor. The team is likely going to trade you anyway if they're a bad team. But I, I have no problem. I don't I don't like saying trade me here. But you can. You can say I'd prefer to go here if you have a good relationship with the team. Mm-hmm. But the, t- the giving, if it's the last year of a contract, it's very different than the first year of a contract. Like, Agreed. I'm trying to think, like, Goran Dragic telling Toronto he didn't want to be here. I hold no ill will to Goran Dragic for this. He didn't agree to come here. He got traded here. The last year of a contract, he said, I don't want to be here. I'm not mad at him for that. He didn't sign for your contract here. He didn't want to come. I get that. If he had signed here and then said, hey, I want out, I would feel totally different about him. It's really bad. I lost a lot of respect for James Harden. A lot of people didn't like James Harden's game uh, to begin with, even when he was on Houston. I thought I thought he was one of the best uh, guards, shooting guards that we've ever seen. He's boring to watch. He goes two steps in front of the three-point line, dribbles for 18 seconds, step back three every time. That's all he does. It's boring. Yeah, but he's putting up numbers. I, I had to respect him. But, like, now – and he can still do that now. But now he's just jumping from team to team, and it doesn't work out. I just don't see why Philly would even want to sign this guy to a long-term deal. What if Daryl Morey gets fired? You know he's going to want out, he being James Harden. Yeah, but – Daryl Morey's going to give him that contract because they're best friends, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you see the, the, the tweet from uh, Richard Jefferson? No. So I, I don't know if you saw the picture of, of or, or the video of James Harden landing yeah. in, uh, in in Philly. <laughs> so this I saw the video, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, he gets off the, the, the PJ, the private jet, as uh, Chris Carter calls it. Um, and he daps uh, uh, Daryl Morey. I think Daryl Morey's wife is there. So he took a picture. So <laughs> Richard Jefferson retweets the picture, the photo, and says, This guy took a plane to go to Philly. It's a 90 minute drive from New York. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Richard that is Jefferson a really talks. short flight. That's a really yeah. short, that's a train ride. I've been to Philly. It was yeah. like an it was like an hour and a half train ride to New York. Yeah, Harden took a private jet. I mean, he made all his money. I guess he because he has his spare. <laughs> he didn't lose nineteen million like Ben Simmons this year. Yeah, he didn't. Just they gotta fix it, man. It's gonna make people less interested in basketball. One hundred percent. For sure. Yeah. What's, like, what's gonna happen? Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, baseball is so successful. It's not successful nationally, but it's successful on a local level. Because, and it might change, teams have such control over the players that they can't leave for a long time. It's like seven years. And I don't agree with that concept, but it makes you like guys in your team. You grew up with them. You, you see them grow from a, like a minor leaguer to a, like an all-star. You see the growth so you get attached. Basketball doesn't have this anymore. Guys just don't do it. It's a merry-go-round. Guys get on, get off. It's not fun. So, so what about this? Um, I don't So my... This idea, I don't know how it solves players losing money or getting penalized. What about having like an option, having like a player option or a team option um, after, I don't know, the first couple of years of the, of, of the, the deal? So I don't I know if it really resolves, if it really solves the money issue, but at least a player can 
you know, can indicate where they're going to opt in. And it, the opt in would only be for, you know, one year at a time after like, if you sign a five year deal. So after year two, you have, you have to exercise so the option. Or I the say team no, has to. because then the team will just be held hostage like LeBron did to Cleveland on those one year deals. Do this or I'll leave. Do this or I'll leave. By the way, uh, Philly is playing Boston right now and they're losing by like 45. And they just showed James Harden on the bench looking terror, like looking angry in a bright fuchsia coat. So that's what's going on in Brooklyn right now, in <laughs> Philly right now. Like a super bright, it's, it's terrible. But yeah, I just think they need to be held accountable because I hate it. I hate where basketball is going. And I love watching it, and it, it makes me not be interested. It really does. Yeah, well, yeah. But I don't want the owners to have control either. Like, it's a really like, I get why the players do it because to the teams they're expendable. But I hate that they do it because it makes basketball. Like, I don't want the owners to win. I just don't want the players to have this kind of control either. You know what I mean? It's kind of an, yeah. it's. I'm right in the middle there. Yeah, I don't and, see a good and, answer. Yeah, and I'm I'm cool with player empowerment to an extent. I don't want it to be just. I'm here because I'm happy now, and if I'm not happy, then you have to trade me where I want to go. I don't support that. I think the ownership, so the uh, the owners should do things to, you know, make sure that the players are satisfied and vice versa. But I don't, and I also don't think that a player should rot on a team for you know forever. But don't you, you can't just be traded wherever you want on a whim. And there'll be no penalty. Like it's just no. So teams have trade kickers where you get extra money if you're traded. If you ask right. for a trade, twenty five percent gone. You you lose twenty five percent of the contract. So you play a season for free. I'm okay with that. I think that might fix things. Honestly, if you really want out, be willing to pay for it. If you're unhappy there and you sign the contract, pay for it. But. Every contract is a trade kicker now. If you get traded, they owe you more money. I think that kind yeah. of fixes things, right? Then both sides have a reason to keep you on the team. But here's the thing. like, So I don't know if it fixes things completely because, I don't know. You get traded, they owe, I don't know, teams will still do it. You know, Then you get more money. I, yeah, I but think. How, but, but, how, but how is that to your detriment? No, I'm saying if you ask to be traded, you lose 25%. If you're just on the team and they trade you, you get more money. The team has to pay you more money. Yeah, well... Oh, oh, you mean if they just trade you, not if you ask for it. Yeah. No. If oh, okay, you ask, okay, okay. If you ask to be traded, you lose 25%. If the team just trades you, you get 25% okay, more money. Okay, okay, or 20% okay. 20% yeah, yeah. or whatever the money... Okay. Gotcha. So it's like, Goran Dragic gets 20% more to come to Toronto. Yeah, sure. Then maybe he plays. Like, something like that has to be in... I think that fixes a lot of the problems. Because I don't think James Harden's losing $40 million to leave... Brooklyn. I don't think he's going to do that. He would have sucked it up and played. And that's better for the league. <laughs> Is it, Wait, though? Because that's James Harden playing, putting up four points a game. Not caring. I mean, but that's I think if, if you're going to lose the money, you might actually care. Yeah. I don't think you... If you know you can't leave, you don't have an out, he knows if he just plays like trash, he's going to get out. He knows that. He's worked with Houston. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have the out... You probably make the best of the situation. That's what I think, anyway. I would. Like, when Jeff Bezos finally, when we agree to sell to him, if in the contract it says, hey, Coop, you get out of here, you're going to lose 25% of the $800 million he gives us, I might stay. I hate doing this with Webb, but I might stay for the extra $200 million, maybe. That math checks out. Let's see. I hope it does, Coop. Hey, everybody. The Super Bowl's in the books. We'll be coming at you later in the week with a lot of NBA talk. We are going to shift our focus to the NBA now for the next four months. Webb, are you in heaven for this? Football's done. Are you ready for the dark days of the NBA? I'm very excited about uh, this upcoming week. It's All-Star weekend. I love it. Um, a lot of people think this is the point of the NBA where it's just dragging. Yes. And they just want the, the playoffs to come. I love it. I love this part of the season. Um, I hate this part of the season so much, you have no idea. I wish it was April 20th tomorrow. I wish that would just happen. I love it, man. I, I always love also weekend. It's a nice, and, and, and I know it's, it's a, like a week-long break. It, 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 it kind of feels like it's a reset. And my team, the Lakers, desperately need a reset. 
<laughs> yes. So it's good. I, I, I guess it's bad for teams that have momentum, but you don't want to lose that. But the teams that are sputtering and in a tailspin, it might help. And if you are here for football coverage, you will definitely have some of that. I legitimately made my free agent list. I started it today for the best free agents and where I, I started it today. Yeah. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting uh, free agent list. It's really fun. And so Webb and I have this Excel sheet that we predict contract length team. It is very intense. Yeah. And I will be looking at that nonstop for the next 30 days. That's all I'm going to be doing. I can't and, wait. And, and Coop, I, I will forever remember nailing that Corey Lindsley $60 million five-year deal to the Chargers. It, it, it's a big moment in my life. So. Who was the guy that on Atlanta that you thought was getting $60 million also? Keanu Neal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had that one right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for just pressing the good. There was good and bad there, Webb. I just got to point that out real quick. <laughs> Webb, it was a great season. We predicted the Rams to win. I am so happy that we are both football geniuses. I really am. I love it. I love it. Coop, I love how you keep saying we. we bo- I predicted it. Go back and listen to our show before the season started. We both had the Rams in the Super Bowl. I swear to God, that's a real thing we did. All right, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Was I trolling you? Possibly. Did I put the reverse jinx on? Maybe. But I said it on ca- on camera. Rams Super Bowl champions. Right. Everybody, please go follow us on Twitter at Rookie Phenom. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Verbal. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great night. Yeah, Rams 22. Let's do it.